Good evening, everyone. This is our first reading. Um, to love God means to keep his commandments. Is, that, is how it would be understood in Old Testament times, especially the great commandment of love. We continue to hear from the letter to the Hebrews, which is a very beautiful writing of Paul regarding our high priest, Jesus Christ. And in this segment, he speaks about the superiority of Christ over uh, the priests of the Old Testament, over any priest, really. The if you don't know, uh, the synoptic gospel writers, Mark, Matthew, and Luke, um, sometimes they differ. We, uh, most scholars agree that Mark is the first writer, and Luke and Matthew uh, derive many of their events also from Mark and from what we know as Q, uh, tradition. And uh, based on this, I know what the other two say about this event in the day of Jesus, and uh, it caused me to wonder, what did the scribe really expect Jesus to say to him when he asked him, which is the first of all the commandments? And uh, makes me wonder, what would you consider it? What would you consider to be the first and greatest commandment? Obeying every rule, being perfect in all things, and always doing everything right? I suspect the answer Jesus gave was not the one the scribe had in mind, and this is based on Matthew and Luke, their accounts. It's quite a bit different. There's some tension between Mark's gospel on this account and theirs. Nor is it what many people would rank as the first in Jesus' time. And um, the first commandment is uh, not to follow every rule precisely. Jesus didn't say that. Nor is to fear God. He didn't say that as the greatest commandment. Rather, the first commandment is to love God and to love him with every good faculty of our existence. This comes from our first reading, Deuteronomy 6.6.9, known as the Shema, to which every good Jewish person has the mezuzah. That's a, they have this very writing contained into a... Is it a cylinder? Does your wife have a, the mezuzah on her doorpost? His wife is Jewish. Good Jewish woman. I love her. <laughs> I figured she would have at least one mezuzah on the door, at least one on the entrance. But my friends, if we do not love God with all of our heart, Jesus would tell us later that our hearts would become hardened. Mark chapter 3, verse 5, chapter 16, line 14. In this, then, he said, it can become a source of destructive wickedness. Mark chapter 7, 21. If we do not love God with all of our soul, then we will lack the resilience and the fortitude to withstand our own agony in the garden. And that comes for each of the disciples, all of us. We will find that story, Mark chapter 14, 34. If we do not love God with all of our mind, then we will very well might consider those who do to be fanatics. And if we do not love God with all of our strength, then we might very well use 
the power that we do have to indulge in things that are not good for us. Regarding the scribe in the story, he regards Jesus' answer as an innovation and an improvement upon the situation of their time, meaning the religion, Mosaic law. It led him to repeat all of Jesus' words in the kind of profession of faith before him. It seems the scribe recognizes that one cannot have any other mode or way of life but love. And this is amazing because this is one of the only times that a scribe is presented with this type of attitude. Usually they're presented as being antagonistic to Jesus. God brings into existence and permeates and steeps every dimension of human life. He is the love that fills the human heart. He is the life that quickens every human soul. He is the truth that enlightens our minds. He is the way that makes us walk strong. To refuse to love God first and fully, as Jesus has pointed out, is an attempt to place God on the peripherals of our lives, as if we possess the power alone to exist and to live fully without him. Such thinking constitutes the sin of idolatry because we place ourselves first. We make ourselves gods. Only love keeps us from such prideful things. The scribe in our story asserts this when he declares that the love of God and neighbor is worth more than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. The scribe is referring to the liturgical practices. He's re referring to religion. In other words, what he's really saying is the authentic love of God surpasses any human initiative. Any effort to rely solely on our own resources, any attempt to get by to merely appease God. Plenty of sacrifices could be offered and are offered without a shred of affection towards God. But when we love God above all else, we honor and cherish him in a way that surpasses every other because then we worship God for who he is. As St. John the Evangelist tells us, love. God is love. Jesus approves of the scribe's answer because the scribe is using his mind not to just to penetrate the subtle theological intricacies that Jesus is putting forth to him as a proposition, but to love God, to come to understand in the scripture relationship with God. He is not far from the reign or the kingdom of God because he is not using his faculties to simply intellectualize God, but to love him completely. No one had the courage, we are told, to ask Jesus any more questions. And in Mark's gospel, the only other time this type of phrasing is used in Mark's gospel is in the description of Joseph of Arimathea, who courageously went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus, which he risked his own life asking for that. We'll find that in Mark chapter 15, 43. 
I believe the people lack the courage to question Jesus further because they are not ready to make love the priority of their life. And it's not surprising, as they have been taught something different by the religious authorities of their time. They have been instructed by the scholars of their time and the Pharisees and the scribes and the Levitical priests to obey all 613 laws precisely. And that does not even begin to include the Talmud, which are, from our perspective, the human-made precepts that went along with the 613 laws given by Moses. In their time, the Pharisees and scribes said each one of them were equal in weight before God and all must be observed perfectly in order to appease God, appease him. Now, there were some in Jesus' time, perhaps as we see the scribe, who felt there must be distinctions and there, that some precepts had more value than others. Jesus, in his response, shows what religion, faith, and even worship fundamentally must have, love. Jesus reminds them of what God has always directed his people to do, to be holy, the scripture says, as I, your God, am holy. Over and over again, God made clear what holiness demands, that they respect their fellow human beings. Leviticus 19, 1 through 7. That is Old Testament for you who are not familiar with all the books of the Bible. The scribe in St. Mark's account seems to recognize this. I think he recognizes something else. It is the essence of the prophet Hosea. Hosea 6, 6. It is mercy, the prophet says, God desires. The word that they use sometimes is loyalty, fidelity, love. The prophet says, God said, I desire these things over your sacrifices and your burnt offerings. Moved by the scribe's recognition of what is close to God's heart, Jesus tells the scribe, you are not far from my Father's kingdom. Keep going. Keep going, brother. Father Mark's taking some grace there. <laughs> Interpretation of English. Keep going, brother. Keep doing this. My friends, last week I quoted on Sunday John's Gospel, and I'd like to do that for you this evening. I'm jumping from Mark going into John, John 13, 34 through 35, because we hear Jesus say, here are the two great commandments, but before Jesus leaves this earth, after fulfilling what his Father asked of him, he said this, I give you a new commandment, this commandment of Jesus superseded everything and anything that came before it. In this command, we find not a command to feel, but to do. Because he goes on to say, as I have loved you, you also should love one another. 
It's not about feeling. It was about doing. Because the next day, you would do that. Jesus sets himself as the standard by which we are to measure our discipleship. A standard against we are to measure our behavior to be his follower, to enter into the kingdom of his Father, and ultimately, and what it's supposed to do, to give his Father glory. Jesus would demonstrate the depths of such love by sacrificing his life, not only for his friends, but for his enemies. His enemies did that to him. And his blood shed was for all, including his enemies. In this demonstration of love was mind-boggling. And as one preacher said, takes the breath away of the apostles. But not only that, we know it took away their sins. It also took away every excuse any disciple could ever reason for not loving as Jesus did. He went on to say, this is how all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Jesus makes it direct and clear and absolute what are to be the characteristics of his followers for his church, for this church, because it's his. When Jesus said these things, it was a contrast in the way of thinking in his time, and it still is in ours. particularly in the matters of religion and faith. The implication is that we are to do unto others as Jesus did for us. And he always did what was best for the other. There ends when we look at it and pray about it and reflect on it, what Jesus did was less complicated than what the Pharisees and scribes and the Levitic priests were doing, but it was far more demanding upon his followers. And people ask, what is that love? What is it so that I may do this? The New Testament, the Old Testament really also, but the New Testament and the Gospels abound with examples of this. The apostles explained what Christ's new commandment looked like in real life and how to apply it. Simply read the New Testament and you will see it. But St. Paul in particular, in his first letter to the Corinthian community, was very explicit about the love that Jesus was talking about. The apostles would go on to tell us the Holy Spirit would always direct his disciples and his church in the ways of kindness and goodness and gentleness, 
faithfulness and self-control. The type of love that Jesus was referring to does not treat others dishonorably. It does not treat another person disgracefully or indecently because Jesus never, ever treated anyone that way. So I told the people last week, when you are unsure about what you are to do or you are to say in any situation you find yourself, ask a question. What does love, as Jesus described it, require of me to do in this moment, to say in this moment? If we do this, the kingdom will come faster. I love Mother Church, the universal church. But sometimes I wonder if we are moving too far away from the mission Christ gave it. I wonder. So my friends, uh, we have All Saints Day coming on Monday because it falls on a Monday. It is not a holy day of obligation. That does not mean you should not come. What would love ask of you to do to come? All Souls Day is on Tuesday. It's a, a very unusual day in the liturgical sense as it is not a solemnity, it's not a feast, it's not a memorial. But the very people of God have made All Souls Day, all the faithful departed day, a very great day. So we'll have Mass uh, at 9 uh, in the evening. I know Michelle. Michelle, where are you? We have a, a the church will be open in the evening, and we're inviting everyone, including all of the Gig Harbor community, to come and to spend time in this house of prayer and worship, praying in silence, praying for their loved ones. It's a day for us to remember our loved ones who have transitioned from this world to the next. It's become our tradition uh, as we use light and candles, our candle, our memorial candle, and people have write almost all their ancestors on it. <laughs> if you haven't gotten your candle, which will burn for six days in this holy sanctuary, the women are outside to help you with that. But you can put prayers on that. And again, uh, I bless the flame, and then I use that flame to light the wicks of all the candles. And then such as it is, then the fire of each candle is blessed and burns. And it's like you repeating. So if you put a prayer on it, it's like you saying it over and over and over and over and over and over again for six days. But as I told you in my homily, everything requires first and foremost love. Do it for love. Out of love. All the parishes in the Archdiocese of Seattle are in their renewal of stewardship for the parish. So we have a filled with prayers regarding stewardship. Please take one with you. They have great reflections. Uh, yes, it talks about stewardship. But disciples, real disciples of Jesus, 
They don't need to talk about that. They do it. But this will help us to understand and get to that. So please take one for yourself and for others. Friends, someone said, Father Mark, you speak about love an awful lot uh, as if it was a bad thing. Um, our world is love. God created it. But there's many in our world that speak of hate and bitterness and ugliness. Jesus always countered all those things with love. What is your pastor to do but to do the same? What are his disciples to do? Do the same.